Chicago. Yes, he does. Keep in the pocket. Touchdown. Touchdown, Chicago. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequal. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns from the NFL Combine for another year, and the Fishman's here too. The man in the middle. Do you know that on our, I told him this last night, on our CHGO show, I think it was yesterday, like people were demanding the fish man. <laughs> I, got some, I got some fans over at CHGO. They wanted to make a shirt. Sometimes I wonder if I have more fans over there. Well, what's going to go on the shirt? Uh, they wanted like a merman with like a like Kevin's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kevin's head on it. I, yeah. I am there for that. <laughs> Maybe I prefer the Hogan Johnson. And I may order a full box of those. And we have a guy named Eric who at uh, <laughs> DNVR who like d- does all the graphics. Like the phenomenal shirt. Like he is so talented. And just the thought of him drawing that up, I was like, yes, let's yes. do that, please. Yeah, just even just do that and share that with us. <laughs> yes. Then we could put please. it out there. He might do it. Yeah. Uh, welcome in. Uh, we are here at the NFL Combine for, what is this, year nine of this podcast? This, no, year, I think this is our eighth Combine, even though it, whatever. We're here. That's the point. We're not in the Spring Hill Suites or the Fairfield Inn. No, we've upgraded this. to Radio Row for the second year in a row. Kent is here. Kent Garrison does such a great job always producing this show. Got a nice backdrop. We got the backdrop. This is we're starting to be professional. Last year we did it with the the bench press contest contest or the workout right behind us going on. I think that was like four years ago. But yes, that four years ago. Oh wow, (laughs) it was definitely pre COVID. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys ever think about the fact that John Greenberg will probably write an oral history of the Hogan Johns podcast one day? Why hasn't he already? I think you guys need to like. Based on some of the ones he's written, you need to have some big drama and break oh, up. Yeah, uh, we're too you know, maybe something like that. Too much synergy here. Yeah, you think you guys synergy. too much continuity. You guys are you guys are doing I fine. I can promise you that oral history is not going to be as entertaining as the Matt Kirko Harry one. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just just right away. Um, all right. Well, lots going on today here. Uh, Tuesday is always the busy day at the combine in terms of just you know bear stuff because. Polls talks, flus talks, uh, there's other interviews going around, and um, just stuff to discuss. Um, it's always been that way, too. Yeah, and then the rest of the week Pace is more, we're, we're going to hang out and learn some things, learn some things last night a little bit, too, and we'll share those with you along the way. What stood out with, to you guys, uh, Kev, we'll start with you, just from polls talking this morning. Yeah, I think we were all curious how he was going to handle the Justin Fields stuff like, you know, he sees it all, all the talking has, because it's, it's funny, there's not like actually a report. There's not even a rumor. Yeah. Right? This is just like people saying the Bears should do X, Y, and Z. According to him, there's not even a phone call from another GM. Right. If yeah. you believe it, I don't know. He said no one's called about Justin Fields. I, I kind of believe him, because I'm, I'm guessing the team's, they have a feeling of what's going what's going ha- what's going to happen. I don't, you tell me like the Atlanta Falcons haven't at least been like yo just checking on the guy we should have drafted in the first place. See, that's the team that I'd be very very curious about. Yeah, I don't that that that's surprised. I mean, I guess I believe him, but I just it, that surprised me that, well, that he said that. Maybe they'll start calling today. Maybe, but I, I I think that I was curious how they'd handle that. To me, I'm just like 
I guess I'm hopeful and trusting in, in Ryan Poles that the communication of fields is there, is constant. Um, but all this is he's playing the game. He's playing the GM game and just trying to do his due diligence. And I think we can all agree, if you have the number one pick in the draft, you cannot not look at the quarterbacks. You cannot not think about every possible scenario because you have the number one pick. Yeah. And, and I think he kind of alluded to that, and I thought that was interesting. Again, I was just very curious to see how he was going to balance the field stuff. Well, he wanted to try to – well, he's playing the GM game, as you called it. Like, every opportunity he had to, like – shut and lock the door. Like, he would shut the door, and then he would try to open it up a little bit with the next question, (laughs) and then it would be shut again. So there was a little bit back and forth. Some of that is just semantics, right? They're they're doing their due diligence on the quarterbacks like they have to because they have the first overall pick. That's just part of the process. But I like that they're keeping Justin Fields engaged in this process. Like, even more so than I thought they would. More, more communication, more contact, just over-communication to a certain extent. And I think that bodes well for his future with the Bears. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, it, it's just a weird thing. Like, it, it, it just sort of opens the door to more talk about the possibility. Until he closes the door, until he slams it shut, he can't just close it. It makes our lives more annoying. Right. So like right now, he's that, at the door shut, but it's not locked. Yeah, but at the end, I think we all agree, like, they're not trading him. They're, they're just not. So it's just, yeah. I guess my question is, if he had come out today and said, we're not trading Justin Fields, he's our guy. Does that really affect the trade value at all? See, I'm with you. I, I, don't, the think, one, I don't think it affects I don't think it, it does. at all. Because if he comes out and says, we really like a quarterback, well, then of course they're not going to trade the number one pick because they're going to, they would. Well, I, I think he wants, well, going back to that GM game, he wants to create more intrigue. Like, yeah. you know what? Maybe Bryce Young was pretty good. We'll float that out there. You know, maybe that's a developing, developing story or something to to leak out there. Maybe C.J. Stroud does have something that Justin Fields can't do, just to create that interest, to stir the pot a little bit. Because we know how this works, right? There's all yeah. sorts of Isn't, back and forth, and this is lying season. It is, but you got to be in, engaged in that process to try to stir up the interest as much as you can for the first pick. I guess the most important thing, right, is getting two teams to compete over that one pick. Yes. Whether it's Colts and Texans or Colts Panthers. and Panthers or you throw, you know, uh, um, who else, uh, Raiders in there, whoever it is. You need them to think that the other one's going for that. So I guess, Johnsy, I do I do think that's that's a good thing you hit on. Like, you're just there's this mystique there that if somebody's sitting, if Chris Ballard's like, you know, huh, the Bears are actually thinking about going through with this. Is there something with quarterback X, Y, and Z that we're not seeing you know, maybe. But as I said earlier, all this does is make us, you know, have to do more work. I'll tell you the one thing I like. <laughs> I think the one piece of information, though, that he did give that would would have gotten my attention if I'm a rival GM or I'm Chris Ballard or Nick Casario um, is we might trade the pick before the start of the new league year. Yeah. That, that gets your attention, I think, because it's like, oh, well – Okay, who's gonna be the who's trade? Like we gotta get our, we gotta get our shit together. Like we gotta get this in order because if there's like just hypothetically the Raiders are ready to go make that move, doesn't don't the Colts need to be like, well, wait a minute, who are they going to get? Is it our guy? Who is our guy? We gotta figure out who our guy is now. It just kind of, I think it kind of it could drive up the price it, a little it's bit. It's more than due diligence. You have to start asking around. You have yeah. to start talking to your own contacts and sources with other teams to hear what the buzz is about which quarterbacks are really 
know, beloved by by certain teams. You got to feel it out. You want to play that clip real quick from sure. from uh, Ryan Poles? This whole combine event is about collecting information um, because we still got to get back. We got to put our draft board together, tighten that up from the information that we get here, um, and that's really going to start to allow us to play the numbers game to see you know, what's possible, what makes sense for us. If you decide to, to trade the pick, is that something you would want to do before or after the first wave of free agents? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there are some scenarios um, that it might benefit us to move you know, before free agency you know, opens, potentially. Um, but again, when we get back with all the information that we've gathered from here, I think we'll have a better direction. Is that just because it would give you a clearer view of what you need, or, or how would it be beneficial? Uh, a clear view of what we need, um, and there's scenarios where you could, you know, add players as well potentially, um, which again gives you some clarity on what you want to do in the draft and free agency. So, first of all, I don't think that was an accident that he was ready for that question and wanted to put that out there, um, because, like I just said, I think it gets the other teams' attention. It might have to speed this thing up. I think that. The timing to me is very, very interesting. And we we had polls on later on our CHGO show today, and I asked him just to clarify that, like, there's no scenario in which you would make that trade this week, right? And he, he explained why no, because, like, let's say they're going to trade back to five, and then they have three players they like, and then two of them end up failing their physicals this week. Well, now you move back too far. So they got to at least go through this week to gather those medicals, that's so important. But he did say, if we're going to make that move before the start of the new league year, it won't be too far after this week. Like, it could be next week. Um, and then the advantage of that is, if you're acquiring more capital, that you might want to then trade for a player, you know, that's under contract for another year that you want to extend. Like, let's uh, just to make it easier to explain, like, let's say they do, like, T. Higgins. I'm just throwing out a random name at this point that could be available via trade. Wouldn't you want to get that guy before free agency even starts so you know you don't have to then go waste money on another wide receiver that you might have to go after. So right. that would be – that's the advantage Poles is talking about in potentially making that move now as opposed to waiting until, you know, mid-April. We're trying to balance the the strengths of free agency against the strengths of the draft, right? Yeah. Like, can you now commit more to, to wide receiver or something in certain capacity? I'm just spitballing right. here, but that's what it is. It's the balance – of who's available for agency versus what you could do in the draft. It's what if Deron Payne's available for trade? They just tag them. Like, I'm, yeah, it, like, tag and trades happen. The, 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 that that happens. Like maybe that's your three technique, and you know they just tag them. So I'm, again, I'm just doing how about hypotheticals now. But that would be you want to get that figured out as soon as possible. Those key guys that they want to target. And one thing I like. Sorry, Kev. Mm-hmm. Um, pat you on the shoulder here since we're in person. One thing that that struck me, or at least that I thought about during that part of the conversation with Ryan Poles is well, a lot of those teams that need that first pick for the selection, right, for a quarterback. Like, look at the Raiders. Like, if they don't make their move for an Aaron Rodgers or, like, the Saints, if they don't make their move for Derek Carr, because only one team could, can move on Derek Carr. One team could sign him to that massive extension that he may or may not be worth. Only one team can bring in, like, a Baker Mayfield. Like, only one team can bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. So certain teams are now pressed or pushed a bit to make decisions on the quarterbacks. Look at Josh McDaniels and the Raiders. They have the seventh overall pick, so obviously the first overall pick is in play, but there's also interest in like Jimmy Garoppolo and free agency. Like if you can push them on that, now you know who your real trade partners are, you know, right. come that first pick. 
And the other thing, too, is I like the idea that it could set them up for free agency. The other thing it does, it sets them up to trade back again. Because uh, we've talked about that trade back twice scenario. Mm-hmm. Probably easier to do it if you trade back once in March and then on draft night you trade back again. Right. You could also trade back up. It just, But the thing is, we, we talked a lot this offseason about if they want to get a playmaker. I'm just thinking of the movie Draft Day. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wasn't that what the Titans did the year? Uh, they traded with Conklin. Yeah, because they traded back. They traded back to 15, and then they, they ended up taking Conklin eight. at eight. eight. Yeah. 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 So I think like we've talked a lot about wide receiver. If you want a impact wide receiver, you have to trade for him. There aren't any free agency in the draft. You're taking a shot at a guy. So and the the Bears right now don't really have a lot of draft capital to give up if they want to trade for a guy. I mean, they can give up future picks and, and what have you, but, yeah, it, it would put them in much better position for the start of the new league year to be well, able to that's, do that. Well, that's spending that, yeah. right? The one reason you would trade the first pick, say the Raiders again. They have Devonta Adams. Maybe they're going full rebuild or whatever capacity they want to go down that road, and you could now acquire Devonta Adams. That contract comes with them. Mm-hmm. You need to know that by the league year. So you know what you could spend in free agency again. You could move your priorities around. You could change your price parameters for certain positions because now a wide receiver is handled. Again, that's just the spitballing here, but that's one reason, based on this conversation, why Ryan Poles may want to force the issue a bit before free agency opens. Right, and that same sort of logic can actually apply to a team trading up for the number one pick too. Like you just want to have all your options on the table. By trading up to one, you might not have your guy you know, quote-unquote, figured out at this point. But now you know you can get your guy because you have the control. You have that Certainty. first pick. So as much as Nick Casario put some weird quotes out there today that I saw on social media that were confusing me, uh, and he was probably doing a good job of doing that on purpose. He's trying to build a team, Adam. You know, it's not about the quarterback. Right, yeah. He needs okay. one, though. Okay. He only has one on the, yeah. on the roster. You, right. You need a quarterback because <laughs> you had one and then you traded him. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles are hiring Seahawks associate head coach and defensive assistant Sean Desai as their new defensive coordinator. Congrats, Sean Desai. Are you, are, uh, would you like to credit that news? I saw it from Adam it? Schefter. <laughs> um, sorry, good call. Yes, ESPN's Adam Schefter Kevin reporting. Fishbane is breaking this. ESPN's Adam Schefter is reporting uh, okay. that. Okay. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have announced it. Oh, okay. Yes. So good there you for, go. Good for Sean Desai. Uh, Quite the rise since being Mark Tressman's defensive quality control coach. Yeah. And Nagy's quality control coach for a year before he moved up to safeties. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's their D.C. and then he's associate head coach in Seattle. Now he's D.C. And and now he's the D.C. for a Super Bowl caliber team. Yeah. All right, back to the show. Sorry about that. I mean, that was part of the show. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't remember what you're talking about. But. I will say those last 15 minutes of of chatter, and this is kind of the fun part of this season, is like when when there's a Hogan Johns podcast on April 17th, and yeah. the first pick hasn't been traded yet, right? Yeah. Or, like, but it's, but it, I'm glad Paul said that because it did. It did. I think all of us kind of antennas went up. Yeah. Yeah. When he made that answer, because it did get us thinking about what we've been discussing. This whole idea of why it would make sense for them to move that pick early. I if I had to like maybe this is a good topic like how would you if you had to predict like how this plays out over the next two months my prediction I'm on right now is I think that pick gets traded 
if not before April 1, like sometime in the first week of April. Yeah, I like, agree. Like, like, and actually now after today, I think it might even be sooner. Or, or, or well, could be. like Before the new league year? I still think it's after the new okay. league year. Okay. If that's what, like, so the, maybe the I say, there. Maybe like by the league meetings in Phoenix that last week of March. Like I could, de- I could see that happening. And then, and then I think if they make another trade, um, in terms of like the draft pick, cause I could see them taking some of that draft capital and using, I do think the bears are going to be in the market. And I've said this a couple times of trading for a player and signing them to an extension, but you got to have the right capital to do it. Um, and then I think if there's a second trade, like the, Double trade trade back scenario it would happen on draft night. Then. Yeah. yeah. Well, the what I think is interesting about this calendar is Ohio State, Alabama, and Kentucky pro days are the like three days leading up to the league meetings. So if that wait, say this schools again: Alabama, Ohio State, Kentucky. Okay. I think are like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of Bryce that Young, week. CJ Stroud, yeah, I got Will it. Levis. So got it. good scheduling there. Yeah. <laughs> NFL. So if you Taking are over these pro days now. <laughs> If you're Chris Ballard and you just need that pro day, and I think a lot of these GMs maybe do want to see that pro day just to do the final dotting I's, crossing T's, yeah. and then you're at the league meetings with polls. You can not they need to be in person to do these things, but I, I, I do wonder if that creates, it, the calendar-wise, an opportunity for it to be around then. Something to think about. Yeah. The other thing to think about is where do they draw that line Trading back, though. Yeah. I have this in my column tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to this, is the Bears, they have, like, a color code for, like, their top picks, right? So there's blue, there's red, I think it's gold, orange, and then gray. So in that descending order, blue is obviously the top, your top players. Like, where is that line drawn? Like, where is that argument of would you rather have that one blue player at one or four, maybe not even at four, or would you rather have two red players in an orange, or not a gray, obviously it's one of the worst players, but like, where do you draw that line for trading back? Because I think that's an important part of the discussion that they're starting to have more so now here at the Combine with the medicals and the interviews and with Matt Eberflus seriously involved. Right, which is why you're not going to see that trade happen this week, because they do need, I, I think the board is, Right, starting to come together, but you need those medicals, you need those interviews. Um, and like I mentioned, the polls said to us today on CHO, he even mentioned, like, what if one of these players has a bad interview with us? You know, like, that's part of the equation. So you can't trade back too far until you feel comfortable with how many blue players like what if you, you only have? have four blue players graded, and that's it. Yeah. The entire draft. Mm-hmm. How much do you want one of them compared to two red players? Well, to me, that's like you probably can't move back past seven then because if you're thinking three QBs go in the top seven, which we don't necessarily even know at this point. And they may not even be blue according to the to the Bears' grades, but we all know here there's two drafts. There's quarterbacks and there's everybody else. Right, right. And I, th- you know, I don't know. I, th- I think those top guys, the top blue, the top non-QB blue players are usually pretty damn good. Yeah, it's tough because – you know, one thing we always have to remember throughout this process is what, you know, our guy Dane Brugler has as his draft rankings, what Daniel Jeremiah has is going to be different than all 32 teams. So right now it seems like there are two clear-cut non-quarterbacks and then a drop-off. Mm-hmm. 
And if the Bears believe in that, then you don't want to get out of the top four, assuming they like one of those two guys, Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. But the Bears could have a completely different board. They could have uh, the Texas Tech edge in there. They could have a Peter Skaronsky up there, and they could feel good about maybe one of those guys being there. So I, I think it comes down to their board. And as you said, how many of those guys? Because they're in this weird spot, right? They don't have stars no, on their team. But they also don't have, like, a, they, they need so many impact players. So how do you balance that? Do you take that Will Anderson who could be, they like to say, the multiplier? Or can you find a way to get, you know, three, four start, long-term starters uh, out of this draft? I, I, don't, I don't really know the answer. I've gone both ways. I mean, because... Like it just coming back to the fact that you look at this team, who's the best player on the Bears? Well, Justin Fields, but beyond, yeah, you need help, right? You, have, just, one of, you have one of the worst. You have by far the worst defensive line, yeah, in all of football. It is not good whatsoever. You, <laughs> you, I, you need I, four new starters, arguably. Yes, yeah, and I think not arguably. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and keep in mind that you just don't even have guys who, at their posi- respective positions, rank well, right? Like, if Fields is their best player, the guy that other defense is scheming around, what is Fields right now? The 14th best quarterback in football? You know, like, don't quote me on or hold me to that. I just said it on a podcast, but I'm just spitballing. It's on the here. record. I'm just, I, I'm. Like, just you, you feel good about Fields? Start doing you, Sandals QB tears <laughs> for him. Comes out later. He builds it here. I know. I saw him this morning at the Starbucks, Starbucks that didn't have coffee, which is a new thing. Yeah, they get a latte. A star. Let me repeat that. A Starbucks that didn't have coffee. <laughs> the drip coffee. What? Yeah, you could get all the fancy drinks, but they didn't have literal coffee. Not a good start for the JW Mary that, at that, Starbucks. That's, that's, uh, Com- combine might have hit them by surprise. Now you, you see, maybe that's <laughs> that's well, where things changed in the combine. They went from a blue graded player to definitely gray. <laughs> I mean. And then the media room didn't have coffee. Now that I'm used to happening. That's normal. But the <laughs> Starbucks media room also didn't have internet. Well, not for this whole bit. building didn't have yeah, internet. internet. We're trying to go live with an interview with the general manager. Do you want to play Thanks the other Roger Goodell? <laughs> pay your Xfinity bill. <laughs> he tripped over the wire and knocked it out. <laughs> Let's play this other clip from Ryan Poles on the process of maybe drawing that line for trading back. You have a team that needs so many pieces. Is that the ideal outcome for you to trade the pick, get more assets? Yeah, it just depends um, how far back. Um, but yeah, we do. We need a lot, and that gives us more opportunity to bring in more players. So um, it's a good situation to be in for where our club is. Um, but at the same time, you know, when I talk about where guys are on the draft chart, if we have someone that's so high and in a special category that says, you know what, you know, this guy's going to affect our team both from a culture standpoint and also from a game day standpoint, then that might be the best thing to do as well. Um, but in a vacuum, like, yeah, moving back gives you more uh, opportunities to hit more players um, and continue to add to the core of this team. Okay, I know this is going to sound weird. But hear me out. Mm-hmm. The word that Ryan Poles used the most today was but. Mm. <laughs> you need some sleep, man. Because every every time he no. kind of exp- – and I totally get it. And I, I, I understand what he's doing. It, he's just like, yeah, uh, what he just said right there. 
Like he yeah, has well, that like you're, you're, but you're, at the same time, yeah, yeah. we gotta keep that open. See, we're laughing the about plan, it like we're nine year old right. boys, but Justin yes. Field the plan for now is Justin Fields to be the starter. But, but yeah. You um, know, so he's he's doing his job as general manager that he has to keep all these options open. Amazingly, that is not the best drop created on a show I've done today with the word but. Because <laughs> earlier I said every prospect has a but. <laughs> I mean, you're not, that's not Which wrong. Exactly. In any, but that's, yeah. 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 Cool. But I was also referring to B-U-T, not double T. My, my nine-year-old son, Ryan, <laughs> is loving this part of the conversation <laughs> right now. Dad's saying but again. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Ryan Poles is the one saying but, but you know. Yes. Okay. Well, well, you're right. <laughs> we've always been very mature on the show, and I like that. <laughs> there were a lot of butts today. Definitely. Did I derail this thing? No, I think we're right no, on but point. It's part of the the, yeah. uh, the old. It's you're closing the door, door keeping it a little up. bit yes. open. I just think the butts was maybe. You're, you're uh, playing the game. It speaks to we just expanded our listenership to the nine year old. Yeah. Uh, demographic. Well, I think you that. if we're now. Getting away from all the butts, you want to make, <laughs> you want to give everybody the impression that everything's on the table for you, right? Yeah. Butts included. You went back to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show is so stupid. Um, <laughs> it's draft season. It's silly season. It is, you know? and the reality. And this goes back to I was talking to Joniak like right before polls came down. This morning, and I was like, you know what the weird thing is? This is the most important offseason like the Bears have ever had. The amount of stuff that's about to happen in the next couple months is going to be insane. I don't have that many questions for this guy today. Yeah. Because it's all just like total speculation right now. Well, the other thing, too, is a lot of times at this press conference, we have some specific personnel things to ask about, like with players. Yeah, like contract. Like, you got guys who are going to be free agents or guys who you think are going to be good. I was surprised. I, I didn't plan to ask about it. I was surprised nobody asked about Cody White here. Yeah. I think that would just be, you know, and, and maybe he wouldn't give us an answer, but I think he gave us, it seems like Eddie Jackson's not going anywhere. Right? That, that was a pretty kind I, I don't remember a but in that one. There was no but um, in that one. But <laughs> although Flu set, made it sound like he might not be ready for the offseason program. They like that where he's at true. right now. Yeah. There's a lot of right nows today, yeah. too. So, Cody White here would be the guy, right? You'd ask about mm-hmm. out of anybody else in the roster. David Montgomery was asked about, didn't really get much of an answer. I think I think it's pretty clear Montgomery's going to get to test. Uh, I didn't expect, test the market and come yeah. back. I mean, uh, Cody White here was definitely not somebody I was expecting, expecting to talk about on this podcast. But I have been thinking about this: the situation the Bears are in. I don't like on any other team. He might look like a logical. Uh, Cap casualty, but like they're not up against the cap. They're not up against the cap, and they don't have anybody exactly to play the position. I think and that, he's a team captain, and you keep trading and losing all your team yeah. captains. <laughs> you keep like trading all at your some team point, don't you want these guys in the building to help you? Like to me, Cody Whitehair still has value, even if he ends up like you end up signing other guys, you end up drafting other guys, and maybe by September, you end up. Maybe he's a backup even at that point. I don't know, but like, what did they say? Four million dollars or whatever it is, or did I have that? So wrong? it's more if it's a post June first cut. Yeah, like, but, but I, they're I, not in a position where they need to save that. No, I'm with you, point. and like, I, I think that could be. A, look, it could be the, like what they did with Charles Leno and Tevin Jenkins, which turned out to be a mistake. Like I thought that year, the plan would have been: you go into camp, you let them compete, 
And then if you think Jenkins is your guy at left tackle, then you cut Leno because they didn't need to. Right. But they cut him right away, and then Jenkins got hurt. But I think with this one, it's similar. Like, you can bring in guys. If you don't bring in a clear-cut replacement, then you let Cody Whitehair compete for the job. And then if you find a guy who, from the draft who looks great or, or a free agent who looks great, then you can cut him in the summer. Yeah, the salary cap situations and, like, the, the long-term prospects are just – they feel different right now, right? Uh, I just want to throw an addendum on what I just said. Oh. Because is Cody Whitehair the type of guy you have so much respect for that if you're not sure he's going to be part of your plans or you're confident he's not going to be part of your plans, you cut the court early to give him an opportunity to really choose Where he the goes best, before. best opportunity for him yeah. as opposed to letting it play out? I mean, I would say, yes, he qualifies as one of those players, but – do they know what their plans are at that no. position? You know what I mean. Like so, I I agree with you. I think your original point, which is like they don't, they didn't need to be in such a hurry to cut Leno. They don't need to be in such a hurry right now. To now they were way more up against the cap when they cut Leno. You know what would have been nice? Not redundantly signing Andy Dalton for ten million dollars. He tunned it. <laughs> you already had Nick Foles on the team. What were you yeah. doing? Well, Ibrahflus was asked about the offensive line today, and he said it's as like last year where. Every, I mean, he made it seem like every spot is still open. Which, uh, yeah, it just might be coach speak, though. It might be, but you know, well, what? Like spot- he was given an opportunity to to use coach speak. That's how. Yeah. I, that's how I kind of viewed it for like, every spot on the offensive oh, offensive line. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the GM went out of his way to praise Tevin Jenkins playing guard on our show earlier. I mean, you'd like to think that they have their left tackle and they have their right guard. That was actually an interesting answer. I asked him, "Is there anybody that was like?" that you evaluated with the Chiefs, that when you came to the Bears, like, proved you wrong? Oh, that's a good question. And he was like, not really. And then he was like, but he basically said he didn't think or the Chiefs didn't think that Tevin Jenkins could play guard, which sort of surprised me because the assumption always was if he can't play tackle, he could be a guard. Right. But I think that helps explain what was going on in August when it was like, if he he would even be on the team, and you're like, well, why don't you just try him at guard before you get rid of him? Which is ultimately what they did, and they, so he his answer off. his answer was like, now he looks like he's a really good guard. He could be a really good guard. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Well, the other thing he said about the offensive line today, polls was some guys did not play in their positions last year. I think he's talking about one guy, which is Lucas Patrick. Yes, because that's another interesting part of the next couple months. Is he's he's in the last year of his contract. It's not a very cost prohibitive thing. I mean, they could save some cap space if they cut him, but that was the guy that they were so excited about playing center. And then he gets the injury in training camp, starts off at guard. The day he moves to center, he gets hurt again. He's out for the year. So is that, if you're reading the tea leaves, which is all we do right now, we overanalyze this stuff, is that Ryan Poles telling us we really want to see what we have in Lucas Patrick at center because we think we have something there so we don't need to bring in a new center via the draft of free agency. I think the smart move would be Competition to, to draft a young center yes. that can either develop behind Lucas Patrick or push Lucas Patrick to eventually be the starter, you know, maybe even as soon as week one, but perhaps later in the season. That's what I that's how I would handle yeah. it because you have no proof that Lucas Patrick is even going to be available to you, right? I mean, they, they need they need to a right tackle, yes, for sure. Although, and they con- need although, congrats to Larry Borman getting engaged, congrats to Larry Borman getting engaged. Um, and they need an interior offensive lineman at minimum. Yeah. They need two starters at those yeah. spots. That's why it goes back to the Cody Whitehair conversation. Is there's no guarantee in what you can get 
in free agency. What if teams outbid you for certain players? What if a certain player that you really, really covet wants to go play for, well, let's call it a winner, a team that could be like the Bengals or something, for example, a team that's built to win right now as opposed to a team that's developing, potentially developing into a winner. So there's some unknowns. And you also, you hear Poles and Iberfus talk about the guys they look for. Those qualities all still fit Cody Whitehair. Yeah. Right? So, you know, and, and the other thing, too, is, you know, Whitehair played hurt for the last half of the season last year. Get him back healthy, see what he can do. Yeah. Um, we went from butts to Cody Whitehair. You just want to say butts again. You did. We hadn't said it in, like, three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was there anything from Fluce at all? That stood out to you. The one thing that I that I saw because I wasn't actually over there during that um, was him saying that he had a value done sixty free agent evaluations. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, and I you know Pat, our good friend Patrick Finley asked him about does he grade those guys the same way he grades Bears players with the hits philosophy, and he said he does. Yeah. So we know how intense that that is, and and, 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 and he was, said himself that every player is. Built to play for us. Right, and Ibrafus is here. Like, he likes to be very involved in this stuff because of what you just said, Johnson, that he wants to make sure these guys are guys that are going to fit what he's implementing, um, which is important. I thought that he's generally been pretty honest about fields, and I thought the thing you mentioned about Justin Fields needs to do a better job taking what the defense gives him. Mm-hmm. And he's got to do a better job in first and second now, which mirrors kind of what Justin Fields himself was saying during Super Bowl week, which is I need to be more consistent on the shorter throws. Yes. And I think that it's good. I think that they're all on that same page because that like that is something that needs to get to get better and can can help unlock other things as well. Like every time they mention like something specific like that with fields, can't you just see their plan already coming to fruition for him? Yeah. Like the off season. Or if they've already presented some of this to him, like they're moving forward with them. Like if you're a GM, if you're Chris Ballard and you're reading the quotes, like that would stand out to me, like, oh, They've already talked to Justin Fields about this, right? I've been in buildings before. I know how Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus work. It stands out to me. It's better than the Packers where they just don't talk to their quarterback or vice versa. Well, you know, when you go into a cave for an unspecified amount of time. <laughs> the guy was in a golf tournament two weeks ago on TV with people everywhere. How long would you guys last in the, uh, the, the cave? I think I could do a day. Zero minutes. I have no desire to even think about you that. You could do a day. What's the point? I don't know if there's a point, but if I'm challenged, I could do a day. I don't think I could do an hour. So what, so what? I would need to check Twitter. I got to be honest. This totally falls under the eye roll and I don't care that Aaron Rod- like an Aaron Rodgers thing that I'm just like, so I really haven't even like read about this or I, I just know he went to his darkness retreat. What's in the cave? Like what's, how does a, this work? A bed. Okay. A toilet. toilet. Okay. And a meditation like, Rug or something, and lots of drugs. No, uh, what what else is happening? There's is like this, they uh, like it's like uh, they slide uh, his meals through a you know. Little, wait, really? Yeah, I think so. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? Which, which one? Not really. I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Like one of the first ones where uh, I'm they, aware of what it they're is. They're all like in the Hobbit houses. Like okay, built into like little hills. Okay, that's make believe. This is an NFL quarterback. Yes, not. But, but sometimes not operates in a little bit of a make-believe type, <laughs> yes. you know. Yes. So this NFL starting quarterback, who happens to be one of the best of all time, who may or may not be his team starting quarterback next year, just did this. He lived in a Hobbit cave. Okay. Didn't he days. come out a couple days early? I'm not sure. I, that's what I heard. He didn't even make it four days. 
He quit. He failed. He's a quitter. I don't know. I don't even know why I brought up Aaron Rodgers, but um, but that's, that's part of. You don't think the Packers are down here looking for some sort of clarity on that? They might be looking for a different quarterback. Exactly. From what I've heard, that does not seem to be a good situation. Ah, your guy Jordan Love is going to be the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, for the nine hundredth time, if they love Jordan Love, if they love Jordan Love, they would have played Jordan Love at the end of the year. They love Love. No, they only like Love. Love and butts. That's what this podcast should just be titled. I don't. I don't generally have NFL Network on like all the time, so I'm sure they do play a bunch of random games at times. Yeah, we've got Lions Commanders on right now. That's an interesting choice. I I, I don't remember anything about that game. I don't. Wentz it, is playing quarterback. Yeah, was it like a looks like exciting a good rush finish? For Aiden Hutchinson, good play for Aiden Hutchinson right here. Oh, the down goes Wentz. Are we sure this isn't like an Aiden Hutchinson like? Documentary video or something? Carson no, I, Wentz was just released. Just, I think it's just the oh, game. Oh, it's just the game. Yeah. yeah. Got to fill programming, I guess. The Bears could use an Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson-like player. Yes. He's yes. very good. He's the one defensive player the Bears played all year that could stop Justin Fields um, on the zone read game. Yeah, he he, he wrecked that yeah. game. He could, he could stay on the handoff or he could go outside. He's the only one who could chase him down. Very impressive player. It's going to be a problem for many years. Good job, Lions. And the Bears got to find a guy like that. Yeah. Well, they had one. They traded him. His name was Cleo They, they got to find guys who could stop a guy like that. Yeah. <laughs> they need yeah. to find a lot of guys. <laughs> they, well, which is something the GM admitted today. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Um, are we? If we're good on the football, I actually want to end this podcast on a completely different sport. Curling. No, although I could do another 30 minutes on that. John's. Your thoughts on Patrick Kane getting traded oh, yeah. to the um, Rangers? It's major news for our, it's all Bears listeners here, but Chicago fans for the most part. I mean, that's the Kane thing is like it tugs at your heart a little bit. Yeah. At least it does for me. Yeah. It's like I mean, holy crap! That like is that. a superstar, one of the best Chicago athletes, and I know look, he had his problems off. Off the ice, I, I, I get it, but just that was a long time ago, yes, though, and he got yeah. his shit together. Yes, he did. Yeah, and he won three championships. There's going to be a, tr- a trophy. I mean, a statue of him outside, yeah, the center, wherever they play in the future. Him and Jonathan Taze will both get that. Their their jerseys will hang in the rafters. This is, it's 
And, and Jonathan Taze right now is out with long COVID. It's in the Venera. This is it. These, this is the final, like, speaking of closing doors, this is it. This is the end of that, that Blackhawks dynasty, finally. I was in college when Patrick Kane de- debuted. Uh, wow. Yeah. 2007. Yeah. I guess I was, too. Barely. I remember, yeah. the, and then the playoff, it was the second season when they had the run to the conference finals against the Red Wings. Yes. And I, I was living in New York at the time, and I remember, you know, if you're like, when you live in a different city, your loyalty to your hometown teams grows a little bit. So I remember just like, I, and that was the same year you had the um, Bulls-Celtics series with the Joe Kim Noah dunk. So that's yeah, going yeah. Like, like the yeah, same time. And it was like, yeah. it was one of those things like I wish I was home in Chicago, but it was kind of fun to go to bars in New York and like, you know, and root for those teams. But I just remember like, it's crazy the way all sports go in these days that that's how long Kaner's been part of this team. But his was wild to me. He, isn't he still 32? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he started yeah. at 18. He's not that old. 16. No, he's 34. Okay. 16 years. On the Hawks, 1,161 games, 446 goals. And this is a Hall of Fame hockey player, one of the best American-born players ever. Yeah. I wasn't prepared to talk about him on this podcast, but for someone who covered him in the earliest days of his career, like the 2010 Cup, so many vivid memories of what he would do on and off the ice, the, the parties like, off it, but then on the ice, it was a party, too. He would make plays that few players in the NFL, in the NFL here I am still, NFL Raider, in the NHL could do. Like, he would, like, players would gravitate towards him, and the puck would gravitate towards him, and somehow he would make these beautiful passes. He changed that organization. Yeah. Speaking of, like, changing teams and, and you know, finding winning players, blue players... Like, Patrick Kane was that. He was the first overall pick, too. Yeah. And, and you know this well, Johns, because you were covering it, but the hype that came with him when he started. Yeah. And he lived up to it. Yes. It's just so hard to do these days in sports, to have a guy. And, I mean, Taves did it, too. But yeah. for, for Kane to live up to it and then have this career go so long, and he's still a, he's still good. a good enough player that, that, you know, the Rangers really obviously wanted him. I'm sure other teams wanted him. There was a dude in the stands at Madison Square Garden already wearing a Kane jersey. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're excited about him. He still brings that that buzz. He was only a second-round pick. Who was? Blows my mind. Who? That's apparently what the trade was. Yeah. Yeah. Second-round pick that could become a one and a four if, I don't know. I don't know what the They got to make the conference finals. They could do. The the Hawks don't have much leverage. Didn't have much leverage in this. You know, Jonathan Taze is out of the picture right now. Now Patrick Kane. It was his turn. I'm sure this was very hard for him, too. Yeah. I'll say this, though. Uh, it has sucked watching the Hawks, like, just not be good for the last few years. It'll be kind of cool to see Kane potentially be playing deep into the playoffs again. Yeah. Yep. Which, like, we all sort of miss. Like, that uh, That part of it I'm happy about. Just the opportunity to see Kane, like, potentially in the Stanley Cup final again. Even if it's on a different team, we get to see that. It's like watching Robbie Gold. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, especially the Packers game in the playoffs a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, now I'm going to hit you with another hypothetical because I still can't believe this hasn't come up. If I told you right now Robbie Gold wants to sign with the Bears, would you cut Cairo Santos and sign Robbie Gold? Is Robbie a free agent? Yes. He is. That's why I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. Wow, it's surprising. 
it says a lot. I mean, well, I guess he had the extra point difficulties, but it says a lot about Cairo Santos that that has not come up. Right, because he's been incredibly solid. The extra points this year got dicey. I will say overall, it you don't have the quite the same certainty with Cairo Santos as you did a year ago. No. But that would still be quite a tough. But also, Cairo's entering the final year of his contract. Yeah. It, it, here, I'll ask special teams guru, is at this point Robbie Gold's career, mm-hmm. Does he want to play as much as he loves Chicago? Does he still have a house? Yeah, he has yes. a house. Still, he's in Chicago right yeah. now. He was at the Northwestern yeah. game last month. Yeah, Chicago's does home. he still does he want to play eight games at Soldier Field? Oh, I see. I know he knows yeah. that field and that stadium better than any kicker ever in terms of how to handle it. And I don't doubt at all that he would be effective there and be and still be a good kicker. I just wonder if at this point in his career. A, does he want to kick a Soldier Field eight games a year? B, does he want to play for a team that's going to be picked to finish third at best in their division? He has been kicking in quite a few playoff games recently. Yeah. yeah. The walk-off winner in Lambeau last year. He, want, cool. he wants that Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. I, I could see the, the appeal to coming home because, like I said a couple of times already, Chicago is home for him and his family and his kids. But at this point... We know Robbie. He wants that title. Well, that's why I asked the question the way I did. If he was like yeah. knocking on Ryan Bowles' door right now, I want to sign with you. Yeah. Would you make that switch? As much as I like Cairo Santos, I think I would. Robbie's been so solid. Yeah. Still, I don't think he's close to being He'd done. He'd be highly motivated and Those all kickers that. Those kickers can play, still play another five years if he wants to. I don't know. I think it's just an interesting conversation. It's it's, not, by the way, it's also not really fair to Cairo because Cairo hasn't really done anything to even deserve that type of conversation. And if Robbie did not have the connection to Chicago, we wouldn't be. It wouldn't come up, but he does, and he still lives there. And I just, I find, I find that sort of hypothetical very interesting. I'm watching the All City uh, wardrobe change here. Oh, going from it looks like Denver to Phoenix. Yeah. That's that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. These are the things that we get to see here at uh, Radio Row at the Combine. Yeah, Behind the scenes. It's not as uh, crazy as the Super Bowl where Mark Carmen was just yelling random things. At random. Did you hear the story with Joe Montana? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so if you picture this wall right here, which uh, people watching on YouTube apologize, you can't see, but there's like a, there's like a barrier Here, right yeah. here. And then there's a walkway right there. So at the Super Bowl, that's how it was, but it was way more people and you just have the most – you know, crazy celebrities walking around. We're this far from that wall. Joe Montana's walking right there, and Carm just goes, like, I'm probably mid-sentence talking about something with the Bears. And he goes, oh, Joe Man- Montana's over there. Arguable goat. Arguable goat. <laughs> I go, did you just yell arguable goat at Joe Montana? <laughs> well, of all the things to yell at Joe Montana. Did he acknowledge the arguable He looked. He, like, looked, and I'm like, you just yelled arguable goat at Joe Montana. <laughs> And he's like, he is. It's like a compliment. Everybody it, forgets about Joe Montana. It's surprising Carmen doesn't have more restraining orders against him. Well, then Bruce Arians walked by, and he goes, you should have been the coach of the Bears. <laughs> and then Bruce turned around and was like, acknowledged it. And then he came down and sat down with us. We did a whole interview with him, and it was great. Did he agree he should have been the coach of yes. the Bears? Yes. Yeah. He was like, I was at the hotel down the street. Yeah. I want, they didn't want to change the defense. Basically, he's like. And he wanted to, yeah. He wanted to change the defense, and. Because uh, I think would he have been bringing Todd Bowles with him? I think would have been what he. I think he said that. Yeah. I think that's what he wanted to do. And the blitzing. Style. They didn't want to change the defense, and uh, 
you know, we never got to see Bruce Arians and Jay Cutler together. That would have been fun. Yeah. All right. Okay. Memories. Um, well, we got dinner plans and things to do. So. We'll be back on Thursday. Good stuff. Big show Thursday. So Thursday, we are doing a crossover episode with the athletic football show, Robert Mays and Nate Tice. I'm excited about it. We're literally going to cross over the two podcasts. Right and we're going to have to zoom out this camera. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. That's that's coming up Thursday. Of course, um, all the coverage on The Athletic all week. You guys have everybody here. So nobody's got the combine covered like The Athletic. It's true. <laughs> Theathletic.com slash Hogan John. You guys have everybody here. We have a lot of people here. We probably have too many people here, but it's it's good. Um, make sure you're checking out CHGO. We had the interview with Ryan Poles today and a fun show as well. We'll we're here all week doing shows. So noon tomorrow, check us out. Uh, we have shows every single day. We'll have some guests along the way. Maybe we'll have to pull you guys over there. Okay. Why not? It's right there. I kind of like being the YouTube chat guy once a week at CHGO. You, I mean, you have a cult following. Yeah, he does. I don't, I don't do guy. very. I don't do very much. I just hop in the chat to make fun of Nick Moriano after uh, Iowa lost to Northwestern. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I I just think it's funny that our producer Lawrence wasn't sure it was real Kevin Fishbane because we have like random people that jump in the chat to pretend to be like Matt Nagy. Yeah. We've won. I'm not at that level yet. One recently is so we have a fake Kari Blessing game in the chat, That's which fair. is random. That makes sense. But whoever's doing that is hilarious and actually makes funny jokes while they're doing it. And so he was worried that it was a fake Kevin Fishbane situation. No, it's uh, usually me. real Kevin Fishbane. Yep. No, he's real. He's here. All right. Um, well, make sure you're checking all that out all week. We will be here and um, excited about all the coverage. Excited for some dinners. Excited for some beverages. It's combine week. Uh, maybe we'll get a little sleep along the way as well. Make sure you're following us on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Uh, rate and review the pod if you're listening that way. And all of our merch is up at obviousshirts.com. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See ya. The word that Ryan Poles used the most today was but.